Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another Throwback Madness, where Matt Madness takes you back in time to review some of our favorite pay-per-views from the current month we are in. This month it was Joe Rodermill, C. Kane Joe, Mr. Sexy Punicata. Fully loaded. <laughs> 2012 until forever. He chose Fully Loaded 98. I'm here with Joe Rodermill, as I said, and Alo, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Aaron Lloyd. Would you like to refresh the listeners' memories on our very specific rating system? Of course I will, Pashy Baby. Of course. So... Our rating system is, if it's a bad pay-per-view, it's a jobber. If it's in the middle, it's a slobber-knocker. And if it's an awesome pay-per-view, we call it a showstopper. All right. So is there a reason why, for the first time, you've ever described it with jobber starting the description? We'll get to that. <laughs> um, I just want to say right off the bat, I know at least one person on the panel tonight did not enjoy the show. Get out. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know if it's because this was... I was 19 years old. I was drunk with my friends all the time at the Jersey Shore. I had good memories of some of the people that were on this pay-per-view. I was still a junior in high school. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a slobber knocker. I'm not going to go full-on showstopper. I was in the second grade. But I, <laughs> Oh, God. That ruined my night. <laughs> because it was on this pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of family on yeah, this pay-per-view. <laughs> so, Joe, what was your rating? Sla- slobber, I showstopper, slobber knocker. Or a There's jobber. too many too many uh, weak matches to go slo- uh, showstopper, so I'll go slobber knocker. And Alo, <sighs> I'm pretty sure I know where you're gonna go. I, I know exactly where you're gonna go. I have a lot to say about this show. Uh huh. I've been here for every episode. Okay. And I almost didn't show up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this was so bad. <laughs> but there were things that saved this show. The great Triple H. Oh, okay, obviously. Vince Russo. Okay, so the Vince Russo, that's what I was going to ask you, if he was still writing at the time. Yeah, disclaimer, Vince Russo may show up tonight. <laughs> and he'll king. All right. He, they saved the show. So, I'm giving this the lowest of slobber knockers. Like, when I mean low, I mean <laughs> one, two, your foot gets on the rope. How about a jobber knocker? No, no, I'll, just, I'll give it a lowest slobber knocker. <laughs> one, two, and your foot gets on the bottom rope. Because... Those three things saved the show. It just barely right. reached. Yes. Well, we had a main event, which was a tag match. That's probably a little lackluster for some people, but they're four of the greatest of all time. We had Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker teaming up against Kane and Mankind when they were a very formidable tag team managed by the late, great Paul Bear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> show starts off. I think right off the bat, there was concern the Undertaker wasn't going to show up. He wasn't at the building yet. They didn't really sell it at first, though. It wasn't at first? Okay. At so first, they, they got into that with the puppies. Well, can can the we puppies. talk about King? Yeah, that's where I saw it open up. King and the puppies. The, the very incredibly thirsty Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so good. Always he, thirsty. He yeah. goes to the cameraman and says, you're on my cord, you idiot. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> Yeah, well, looking at Sable, I, I totally forgot that the Sable bikini contest was on this show. In my in the recesses of my mind, I placed it at SummerSlam. Hill King is goat. It was looking at her behind the little the little screen or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, King was great. This was like the uh, peak Jerry the King Lawler on commentary. <laughs> he was at his absolute finest. And the first match, the debut, 
well, the pay-per-view debut of the big Valboski. Oh, yeah. Val Venus. Hello, ladies. I am <laughs> uh, a huge fan of Val Venus. I was a fan of Val Venus, too. I, I actually went to a show wearing nothing but a tail on. <laughs> Literally nothing but a tail. <laughs> Are you? So I, I, I'm yeah. not even gonna ask if you're serious. I know. Uh, you are. Yeah, it was I'm sure serious. you do that at home. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He does it all the time. I have my moments. Did you do like the the Val Venus theatrics? Yeah, I did a little bit of a little, little bit of theatrics. Were you wearing a little bit of feet all underneath? No, I was actually wearing okay. nothing. Underneath. It, it took me 18 years to notice that they spelled Venus the same way you spell penis. <laughs> it took me 18 years to notice that. So <laughs> in second grade, you weren't quite picking up on. Even that. in the mid 2000s, you're an idiot. I didn't, you're a I didn't stupid idiot. It took me that long to pick up on it. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, that, I mean, that was one of the great things about that character. Now, that's a character. If you want to talk about vignettes building a character <laughs> before his debut, those were some of the best vignettes that WWE has ever done, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Where he was supposed to be a heel, and but... that crowd loved him the first second they heard his, his theme music. And he walked out. He was over, and he was over before he was ever uh, even in the building. Still in people's wives. Like, yeah, like you were saying earlier, there was a lot of uh, nostalgia building from these matches, especially the Valboski. Watching that match, we talked about it uh, last night briefly. This is, you know, leading up to the part when they do the choppy choppy, choppy choppy pp, <laughs> choppy choppy. One of my favorite things about this match was Jerry Lawler making comments <laughs> about how <laughs> inadequate uh, Yamaguchi san was. <laughs> like at one point, I think Val was straddling the turnbuckle and he got kicked, you know, in between the uprights. <laughs> and I think I think JR said something about that's got to be unpleasant. <laughs> JR or uh, King said to Yamaguchi, Oh, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? <laughs> and I'm trying to remember, was there actually interaction between Val and Yamaguchi-san's wife at this time? Yeah. Or it didn't happen until after? So it had already yeah, started. Around, yeah, yeah, it's already been videos. playing in. Yeah, okay. they've already been building into that. Yeah, because King, King was talking about that the whole match. As if he's been in the unfaithful. Yeah. So Val Venus pay-per-view debut against... Joe Lafferty. Double J. <laughs> Double J. Yeah, Joe Lafferty, Jeff Jarrett. With Southern Justice. And Southern Justice, who I forgot even existed. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> The, the one disappointment I had with this match, you know, looking back on it, I was hoping to see the money shot. Uh-huh. And we got, I think it was just like a standard roll-up finish from what I remember. Maybe uh-huh. a victory roll. I can't remember. It was a roll-up. He was on the ropes. He was going yeah. over, kind of arguing with... Um... Yeah, I, I, was, I wanted to see the, uh, the money shot on, on Double J. The, the fact that they could even get away with calling a finisher the money shot. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot, a lot of a lot, lot less PG-13 yeah. stuff going on back then. Well, Val actually said on the Russo podcast a couple weeks ago that it took him like six or seven months before he knew what the money shot meant. He, did, he had no idea oh, geez. what it meant. He was, <laughs> yeah, he was doing the doing move. It, they were calling it that. He had, and it's like the money they, shot. I yeah, like that. Based on his character, he had no idea what it was called. <laughs> but, so, Alo, being that you were in second grade, I'm assuming a lot of the references in the Val Venus character were probably lost on... Yes, they were. A seven, Over your head. A seven, eight, nine-year-old uh-huh. you. Yep. Do you have a new appreciation for him in hindsight now? Yeah, I appreciate all these older characters. Like, between him and Goldust. Like, in Val Venus really? terms, around that time, you didn't measure up. <laughs> yeah, did he? I don't know. Somebody said something about that. Maybe, yeah, it was Val afterwards. He said yeah, he, he did. He leaned over and was teasing uh, Yamaguchi-san. And Yamaguchi-san said that, you know, come tomorrow, basically. Yeah, yeah. that was choppy choppy, wasn't it? Yeah, that was really yeah, choppy choppy. Yeah, the next night on Raw was the start. That was when they brought out the... Uh, <laughs> Like the liverwurst and the sausages, and they chopped them with the sword. <laughs> Katana. And then I believe the next week was when the actual choppy choppy pee pee 
actually video took place. Yeah. actually happened. But like I vividly remember that, and I always thought Yamaguchi-san's wife was pretty hot. <laughs> Still do. I don't know what she looks like now, but I'm actually curious who's hotter. Her or Carl Anderson's hot Asian wife? What the googs it? Yeah, we will. We'll googs it. Well, yes, Carl Anderson, we know the answer to that. Yeah, so Val Venus obviously goes over his pay-per-view debut. He was a character they built up. I thought it was a fun match, super fun character. It, it was a solid TV show match. I don't know yeah. about a pay-per-view. I think it was a good opener, only in the fact that just Val Venus coming out got that crowd into the show. And it always amazes me watching a show from that time period how rabid the crowd almost Mm -hmm. looks. So many signs. So many signs. Everything just kind of looks disorganized and all over the place. Now it's it's a very, very different, much more sterile atmosphere. Speaking of which, I mean, just looking at the outside, the the row... um the real, how about, how, like between the announcers' tables yeah. and the ring, there's like no space whatsoever. Yeah. The mats are just like those cheap, like they don't take any kind of absorb. There was and actual match, actual railings. Yeah, and every and match didn't end up on the outside no. back then, yeah. like it does now. <laughs> but when we as we move on, they showed a little clip of the Hart family home because there's going dungeon. to be the the Hart family dungeon match between Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart. That was not the next match up, though. The next match, one I know Alo should appreciate. Oh, yeah. And one I know Ek 2 Fly would appreciate. D'Lo Brown the Euro- as the European champion. At that time. He was the newly crowned European yeah, champion. Right? On Raw. Yeah, he had just won it against X Pac with China in his corner. China was looking pretty fine. China, so, yeah. I can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to a point Alo made, uh, this is right after. Uh, China had passed, and we talked about China a bit. Aaron made a point that when China was ringside, you always knew she was a factor. Like, commentary always mentioned she was out there. The cameras would catch her out there every once in a while. You knew she was going to be a factor in the coming to play some way. Yeah, at some point. And another thing is, it's cool to see her in her heyday. After everything that's happened, like, a lot of people focus on the last five, ten years of her life where... It's pre-porn. Yeah, this was this was her at her high point. She was like reaching her peak. Mm-hmm. Hadn't quite reached it yet, but I don't think she talked yet at this point. Or, or no, did, she didn't really do a lot of talking. If she did, maybe a little bit. Or, or before, I remember the one time she finally talked and the crowd just popped because she took her pants off. I think. Yeah, well, the, the China chant started during the match. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to say I forgot, but it was nice to be reminded how much fun D'Lo Brown was. He was to awesome. Watch. He was awesome. The head movements, the arm movements, like all the gyrations. The chest he, protector. The he chest was... protector. The, the chest protector was new at that time, too, yeah. right? It was the, the torn pack. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he had the torn pack, and it was an actual weapon. You can, yeah, he actually sold it. When he was smooth, he would sell it perfectly. Yeah. No, he was hilarious. He was he was a really good athlete. He was a good worker. He was fun to watch. And I, I, like, I vividly remember this X-Pac D-Lo feud. Like, oh, they put yeah. over the European title for months. Yeah, it was a great this, feud. This pay-per-view was saturated with Nation and DX mm-hmm. from yeah. start to finish. Ex- uh, absolutely. Well, you could tell D-Lo was a qu- qu- clearly a Vince Russo guy because after he left, that was it for D-Lo. Yeah. Well, we got the always anticipated China low blow. And you you always wait for that to happen. Oh yeah, D'Lo wins via the sky high, which again not the uh, I, I didn't see either the first two matches. I expected to see a top rope splash. Didn't see anything. You didn't see either one. Now I don't know if maybe or did he miss one? He missed one. He, missed he landed the, on his chest. Moonsault. He landed on his chest and he sold it. The chest I thought, protector I thought it was a moonsault. Uh, uh, it might have been a moonsault. I think it was a moonsault. I don't remember seeing the lowdown. 
Yeah, it wasn't a lowdown, uh, yeah. Full disclosure, we, we are about two to three weeks late on reviewing this show, so I think a lot of us are forgetting some of the details. Yeah. We watched it three to he four He did weeks land on ago. his chest from the top rope. Yes. And he sold that it didn't affect him because of his <laughs> he, he refused heavily protected chest plate. He refused to defend the European title in this match. And then King, the GOAT, <laughs> he says the pyro wasn't from Xbox entrance from Stable's locker room. <laughs> yeah, he, so that's, that's another funny thing about King is Sable in her bikini or whatever you want to call it. Whatever she was we'll wearing. To, yeah. That was a topic of conversation for the entire show. <laughs> King never stopped talking He'd work about into it. jokes when, at any second he could. I think there was one point. I don't remember what match it was. I think it was actually during the first match. Lol, and this is actually funny. In like now that we know what the current commentary team does, mm-hmm. there was a point when Jr. actually told King, "Like, there's actually a match going. <laughs> like, we need to actually call this match. Like, so now good. they do everything but call the match. And back then, it was like Jr. making it a priority. Like, yo, we got to call this match. <laughs> you got to focus. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, so D'Lo beats X Pac. Obviously, X-Pac would ultimately, you know, get the better of, of D-Lo down the road. Afterwards, you see Edge in the crowd. Uh, I don't remember if he... Was he going for the Euro title very no. soon after that? Or was no. he no, involved he was, in something with someone? Um, I'm not... Because I know the next month, he, he teams with Sable against Mark Merrill and Jacqueline. I think he was doing something with Mark Merrill at the time. If he if he wasn't, I know he was Sable's tag team partner. So okay, so he, sure. he didn't actually have anything going on with either guy no. in that match. Mm-hmm. He was just in the crowd. They just happened to show him out. Yeah, because that was his thing. He was, like, real mysterious and a real loner. Yeah, okay. So, between matches, we had Kevin Kelly and Tom Pritchard... Doing the very rudimentary looking WWF.com yeah. oh, segment at like basically a, a folding table. <laughs> it, it was pretty bad. Yeah, they, yeah, and they were covering the uh, fact that Undertaker might not show. Yes, that was that, when they was started. A, it was going to be a big issue. Yeah, breaking news for WWF.com. Breaking news. Can we mention that back then? This is still when they had the uh, the hotline you can call over. Oh, oh, yeah. They can call around the after the matches. Yeah, we'd be foolish not to mention that. What was it, like mean, $1.50 a minute? Yeah, <laughs> it, it was way more than it needed to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, did you see Vince Russo walk by? I think I did. I I, I did remember seeing him walk he was, by. Yeah, he was there. Actually, yeah, I have, that, I have actually <laughs> written down. Vince Russo. Yeah. I block and, him from my memory every time he comes on the TV. Yeah, so, so that's one thing we got to give WWE a lot of credit for is technologically they have come a long way since the Attitude Era. It is a whole different ball game. Yeah, it's completely from different. From where they were back then. It's like minors to majors. Yeah. Next matchup, Farouk and Scorpio. Oh. Now, was this Against. before this match? Did we have the uh, whole um, the challenge between Kane and um, Mankind, too? Because Kane and Mankind came out. That was after. That was, was after, after the this match, one? Yeah. That was, was after, that's after Vader and Henry. Yeah, Funk and Bradshaw. So it was a almost a preview of what would become the APA. Oh, this match was so bad. <laughs> it was not a good match. Scorpio, who I had, they got a boring chant during the match. I, yeah. I don't. I was sharing it at home. Uh, Scorpio was coming up real short on a lot of his uh, high, high fly, fly moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't really high flying. The 450 was maybe like, eh, maybe just barely with 400, <laughs> maybe like a 390. I thought Funk was gonna kill over and die in the middle of the match. Well, he was too. retiring for the third time. At yeah. 54 years old at this point. This is the start of the yeah, JBL heel turn. <laughs> This oh. was. And like I said, not too long after that, Simmons and Bradshaw would team up to form the Acolytes and then ultimately the, the APA. But JBL was so mad. Bradshaw was so mad that Funk was leaving. He was like, what the hell? He was not happy. 
he caught a he caught a clothesline from hell at one point. I don't know if it was called that yet. Mm-hmm. No, it was not uh, at this point. He cleaned house. He yeah, he did. He beat up everybody. Everybody, everybody else in the whole Hulk match. was just so confused. Yeah, he was. Can we mention also that JBL came down wearing a, a cowboy hat and he had a bull rope and yep, that was his the thing. chaps, the whole, the, the whole the whole nine. Yeah, the vest. Yeah, not not the best look. <laughs> but I will give him credit that he's still holding on to that the hat. Oh yeah. Like he at least kept that part of the gimmick for his entire <laughs> career. I'm just I'm thinking that part wasn't a gimmick. Like, yeah, this this is where I'll say not a great <laughs> not a great match. Again, fun to see those two guys who would ultimately be a relatively legendary tag team, but not either one of their best performances. Next match we had, oh, I think we actually saw the Hart home again. Why? <laughs> I guess they were really hyping up that this match, this is this is almost like a precursor to the final deletion. At the family compound match. Well, anyone who's a wrestling fan knows the, the, the Hart, the dungeon, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. legendary within the uh, wrestling world. So yeah, I guess they were Vader. kind of teasing that up that they're going to have the first match in there televised. Yeah, before we got to that match, though, we had Vader and Mark Henry. Oh. I don't know if there was anyone as good or as successful prior to WWF as Vader. Because <laughs> Vader was a monster. It's time. In WCW. It's time. And he was nothing in WWF. Going up against a very young... Oh, jeez. A young, baby-faced, world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Yeah, 13 years later, he was still a up, young upstart. <laughs> still, yeah, he remained a young upstart. Still just, a slow, in the ring. still just a slow in the ring, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. This he did match, a sunset flip. Um, it was so bad. The I'm trying to remember if there was anything I liked about this match. <laughs> Other than the fact that uh, you saw a young Mark Henry prior to his sexual chocolate days. <laughs> Uh, like ju- just knowing that that was not that was too on the, far. Yeah, that was on the horizon. That was on the horizon. In the hand. <laughs> yeah. It, this match just had a lot of a lot of miscues. A lot. Of, it was very slow. Ooh, ooh, uh, wasn't so much weird. to it. There was not. Uh, I believe. What was it? Uh, was it? Did, did we even get a uh, world strongest slam or? What, how did how did it? Finish? I don't even remember, and I don't care. It was that bad. They gave him. We had a couple of splashes. They gave him a splash. It might have yeah, been a splash. That's how splash. That's how it ended. Vader got splash. Yeah, okay, that is what it was. Yeah, Mark Henry wins, a very young Mark Henry, a match that uh, probably nobody remembers except for us because we just watched it a few weeks ago. <laughs> I forgot it already. Yeah. The Kane, Mankind, and Paul Bear, you know, basically were came out and said that Undertaker was afraid of Kane. That's why he wasn't going to show up. I think there was a period of time when The Undertaker was a little bit afraid of Kane. I just don't remember if it was Well, that I don't think he was afraid of Kane. Period. I just think yeah. he, wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he didn't want to fight his brother. That was his thing. That and also he was not a fan of Stone Cold at this point. They were feuding and set to feud at SummerSlam <coughs> for the title. Yeah. And well, Stone yeah, Cold was, was... Uh, hit him with a couple. They set it on the pay-per-view, a couple um, middle fingers. Yeah, the, the good old Stone Cold yeah, salute. the good old Stone Cold you salute. Gave, you gave me a Stone Cold salute in emoji fashion. Either yesterday or the day before. Yeah, it was yesterday. You know. <laughs> he'll, he'll I was lamenting on the fact that I wasn't invited to this whole battleground before. <laughs> I... in, in which case, you guys had a field trip and I wasn't invited. So. Yeah, I, I think I think I might have even admitted that I deserved. Well, I told you, Paige had your ticket. Yeah, I'm more than welcome to get it from that pedal. <laughs> so Alberto Del Rio ended up with with that ticket. Yeah, is what we're saying. Maybe that's maybe that's how she that's got them fair. back together. Was she offering the ticket to battleground because he wasn't on the show? Mm-hmm. 
I'm inadvertently helping their relationship. Yes. No bueno. <laughs> uh, the New Age Outlaws came out and challenged Mankind and Kane on the ne- for the next... I believe yeah. it was for the next night on They said Raw. next night. Why don't you put those titles tag, up against yeah, us? Ta- we're one of tag titles, Since yeah. you guys are just going to pretty much roll on Stone Cold, who would be by himself. Yeah, had a nice little pull apart. <laughs> I love how... I love Road Dog called Bear Goldmas. This was... This was definitely before the New Age Outlaws kind of ran their course. This was probably oh yeah, this is like this is like in the height at their absolute peak. Yeah, this was the hot. They were the hottest act in the company. A lot of people were at their peak during <coughs> you know during this time period. Mm-hmm. So Alo, how much is Vince Russo to thank for that? And well, how, much, how much is Jr. to thank for that for being the uh, well he had the talent, talent director. Well, he had the talent to do it, and they, and all those guys they were great at what they did. Yeah, I'll give Vince credit too because that was a time when you could kind of go out there and do your thing as opposed to just we'll tell you what to do and then you have to just basically read a script. We'll get to him, Vince. <laughs> I look forward to getting to that. We had DOA uh, against the Legion of Doom. This is, this is a fun match. 2000. Paul Ellering. At Legion of Doom is right, very so, topical right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a throwback. In that's the a thr- I mean, it, right now. it ties it ties into the current yeah. NXT. <laughs> yeah, DOA just as bad as the, the Authors of Pain. Uh, the Authors of Pain, I think, are better than DOA. <laughs> that's that's but, to be determined. But I did, but I did think determined. it was funny that I had just seen Paul Ellering. I did too. Make his comeback on NXT, and now he's on this <laughs> show 18 years. Wearing ago. a bunch of uh, weird garb, some yeah. goggles, and a jacket with all kinds of stuff on it. And... Yeah, I actually. Yeah, I, I what, an illegal. I don't even know what happened in the finish. It was somehow the illegal man. They did some yeah, twin magic. They did some twin magic. It was original. They did twin magic. Original twin magic. That's in my notes. Twin magic. So much less attractive. Oh, twin magic. Yes. It depends how you look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're into that sort of thing. Well, I mean, hey, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna nitpick, eh? <laughs> so that's not a nitpick for yeah, you. No. They use twin magic. Yeah, there was no more Sunny for LOD 2000 <laughs> at this point. So she had already left. Yep. Did you like Sunny in the shoulder pads? Mm-hmm. Did you like Sunny in the shoulder pads yeah. or no? Uh, at this point, she was okay to look at. She was. A lot better than she is now. Mm-hmm. Did you hear on her tape that she farted during... <laughs> no. What? During what? On, on, on her latest tape, they heard they said she was farting. She farted during the tape. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I shouldn't. Uh, Vince McMahon and his and Vince McMahon and Co. came down to the ring. He is lackeys. Selling that the card can subject to change. Yes. Awesome. Vince ultimately gave a promo basically saying, in not so many words, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, screwed, Stone Cold. And he he gave he did he did he did he was good enough to give him a new partner though. The Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> Vince wearing the same time. shirt every time. Yeah. Yeah, Vince. Vince was out there doing his Vince McMahon, his Mr. McMahon character, as good as uh, as good as we've ever seen it. This was when the Mr. McMahon Austin feud was white hot, not even red hot. I think we probably still had what like another two plus years of it oh, to yeah. go. I think it was, that was actually actually year. Just a year. Well, because he got hurt. I in, thought that went into like two thousand. Well, he got hurt. And he, well, he got he had neck surgery in ninety nine at the Survivor Series. So it was about a year later, and then after, when he came back in two thousand, I didn't think. Something just didn't feel right. It didn't feel the same with Stone Cold. Maybe because well, everybody else got elevated a bit. Probably. And it's really hard when this is actually one of the points we've made often, how WWE will save something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, we'll save it for SummerSlam. We'll save it for WrestleMania. When it's 
it's hot right now. Yeah. And you can do the story right now when people are into it. Yeah. Capitalize. Yeah. On it doesn't matter so when you it's do not, it. Just do it correctly. Yeah. It's similar to if something goes on the wayside for a little while it's not going to get back the same heat that it once had. It's really hard to generate the same kind of heat for the same story Yeah. when it's not in front of or when you know, when it has run its course. Mm-hmm. But probably, I don't know if you guys agree, probably both of you do, that that's probably the best storyline in the history of wrestling. It's yeah. up there. It's up there. Yeah. I don't know what I would put above it. Awesome, man. I don't know either. I'll have to t- really think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it would be a little more thought that had to go behind it, but uh, it's up there. I know when Paul Bearer got inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think it was two years ago, and Kane inducted him. Kane said that the Brothers of Destruction story was the greatest story ever told in WWE. It is a great story, but I don't think anything pushed wrestling to the heights that Austin McMahon did. I think it still influences some people to this day in their in their actual lives. <laughs> Tell if they're boss. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, honestly, yeah. I, I think there are some people who probably were impressionable teenagers. I'm, I'm sure you've had some uh, Stone Cold envisions in your head uh, the, these last couple weeks here. I have. I, I would say a little Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. A little Stone Cold pops up <laughs> in my work life uh, probably at least once a year in the, for each of the past 15 years, if not more. <laughs> I don't know if I've worked at a job without having a, a Stone Cold Mr. McMahon moment. You I don't hate, know if I've got a job. You're going to hit your boss with a bedpan? If I had the opportunity, I would. <laughs> if, if my boss was in, in a hospital bed right now in the gown, hit, I would definitely with the pop bedpan. out with the surgical mask on and hit him with the bedpan. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Now we get to the much-anticipated dungeon match. Yeah. Shamrock and Owen Hart. With Severin as the ref. So Yeah, so Aaron, I knew you wouldn't like it. This was pre-deletion. It is pre-deletion. <laughs> this may be the original inspiration for the final deletion. It was on location in the Hart basement. Ken Shamrock showing all kinds of courage showing up oh. in the Hart dungeon against You, you never want to do that in a submission match and in the dungeon. Yeah. Now, so, a few things. One, I love that Owen Hart was wearing Zubaz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the last time I saw a pair of Zubaz. Oh, you know what? I do. Mojo Rowley was wearing it for a little while. <laughs> so yet another thing that cropped up. It's, it's tying in. It, it, it's all later. coming together. This is why I picked the pay-per-view. It fits so so well. Joey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so snug. Yeah you, <laughs> yeah, you didn't realize how much thought he put into this. All the tie-ins to today. Me talking about my work issues. Paul Ellering making the Paul comeback. Ellering's the Zubaz there. pants being topical yeah. again. D-Lo to Europe. Alo, 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 champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live. Where are you hailing from this week, by the way? Or have you not decided? Athens, yet? Greece. Athens, Greece. Okay. <laughs> I think I liked about this. It might have been almost a little bit ahead of its time because UFC was not mainstream at all. Nah. There maybe had been four or five events, and not they were one night point, only they events. Even, yeah. Um, People knew who Ken Shamrock was for, he, he was for that reason, time. but nobody understood MMA. And like, as a person now who has been watching MMA for 10, 12 years, there were things in parts of the action that I appreciated that I probably wouldn't have watching it in 1998, having no, like, no concept, yeah. no context no for what they were doing. Exactly. You know, the submissions, the reversals of the submissions, things like that. I thought. I thought it was pro- I probably enjoyed it more watching it a couple weeks ago than I probably did 18 years ago. I'd agree with that. 
I thought it was cool that Severin was the official because Severin and Shamrock had like a real life yeah. feud with each other. They hated each other. Yeah. Severin was like a bad dude in his own right. And I loved it how Owen cheated. I like how King kept yelling, Where's Stu? <laughs> Maybe the worst spot of the match was the fake Shamrock head through the ceiling. What because about, that hole was already in yeah, the ceiling. In the Hurricane Runner <laughs> holding onto the water pipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they did that spot twice, right? He bounced, he bounced him off the water pipe. Yeah, they each did one of those. Yeah, he put him in the ceiling the... and then the Hurricane Runner holding onto the post. And yeah, the, so the, ceiling, bad. It, the hole was clearly already there when he said it into it. That knocked him out, though. Yeah, it did. Uh, and I, I do think that they sh- there should have been some color in this match. After that, get a hit with a dumbbell, you should be, have some color. Just Somebody should have been bleeding in this match, and I think that that was my nitpick about it. Oh, no. Now, a nitpick. did anything I say make you view this match any differently than what your your thoughts on it are? No. It wasn't <laughs> good. Ken Sherlock, awesome. Way ahead of his time. I give him that. So you didn't enjoy this at all? No. Did you enjoy this match? I was entertained. Am I the only one that enjoyed no, it? No, I was entertained. I was entertained by it. Like I said, like you said, probably more so now than than I was at that time. But watching it, I was I was entertained by it. it was, yeah, like I like how Owen just tapped Ken. Yeah, he, yeah. he made him tap. That's what I mean. Like, I just love because Owen Owen was the king of silliness. Oh uh, no, you loved and, him then. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely loved him. Owen was in the nation at this point. Yeah, he was. was he, nugget, this point? he was in the nation. Yeah, he was. I remember watching the ring entrances. Every time they do, they show the nation yeah. members up there, and I kept seeing. And he's Owen. wearing the caution tape. Yeah. singlet. Yeah, yeah, and this is yeah. DX dad just did the night nation stuff before this. Yeah, and on Raw the next night, the guy who impersonated Owen came out and called him out. <laughs> I am not a nugget. That's why you're sitting there with a bad leg, and that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. The so okay, so Aaron, I knew you would not like that match. I thought I would try to sell it to you a little bit. Clearly, I'm not as good of a promoter as you are. Nope. Or maybe it's just that you want really want to get to the next match. Main, the real main event for the Intercontinental Championship. A 30 minute time limit. Best two out of three falls between Triple H with China and the title holder The Rock. Now, this was right around the time when I was coming around on The Rock. Like, I was starting to realize, like, we hated this guy for a couple of years, but... The heel rock. He's funny mm-hmm. and entertaining, and I'm starting to like him now. Now, I was always rooting for Triple H in this feud, but I was starting to buy into The Rock. I thought yeah, he was great. You have great taste. <laughs> I like some friends of the show. <laughs> yeah, not, not every friend of the show. Now, I don't know how he felt at the time. I would guess he probably was a Triple H guy at the time, because I'm pretty sure he liked DX. Well, all I gotta say is Triple H was over as hell in this show. He was. Uh, the Rock had just cost Triple H the European title, as we mentioned earlier. Got put on D'Lo Brown. We had a long-haired, long-tighted Triple H. <laughs> Neither one of those exist anymore for nope. him. They called him Helmsley a lot. All, all. In the oh, I missed I missed that. I wrote that down. I always loved it when Jared called him Helms. I did too. <laughs> I don't, and I don't know why I did, but it just it it always it's uh, different. Yeah, even when they say when they he got, got introduced, Triple H, Hunter Hearst, Helmsley. I always yeah. liked that. Yeah. Now I'll, I'll let you take this one if you have comments you want to make about this match. Vince Russo, come in, <laughs> <clears throat> bro. You believe the fight was real, bro? <laughs> Did you hear the pop for Triple H <laughs> and the freaking Intercontinental title, bro? I, I love this match. This match was excellent. It's a great match. 
This is when the, Inter the Intercontinental actually means something. You have two major wrestlers fighting in, in this. They had a lot, ton of run-ins from both stables. Back, Keeping it fresh. Back to that. I love how everybody was sent to the back except for China because she had a manager's license. Yeah. <laughs> Yet we got seven interferences in this match. I feel yeah. like she was wearing Triple H's leather Jeff cap <clears throat> on this show. She, she probably was. I guess I guess Triple H and China are married this time because uh, Lawler, um, not Lawler, um, JR mentions that uh, China's probably got the only, the only one that has a license to be here. <laughs> An actual license. A, a manager's license to be here. They would never say that on today's WWE. Nope. They wouldn't. So stupid. <laughs> but I love how The Rock worked the time limit of the match. You could tell he was pacing himself because mm -hmm. he understood the 30-minute time limit draw in this match. Seven interferences for after so, after everybody's supposed to be banned from ringside. It got kind of redundant. But I love this match. I love how, trip, how, the, how the match picked up with two minutes left. And Triple H took advantage of that. I'm going to get to a new point. Earl Hebner is the worst referee <laughs> ever. Why is he the worst ever? He is so bad at everything. <laughs> at everything? At everything. I, I didn't even have everything. No matter what he does, he just sucks. So he watches Triple H hit the pedigree. And the time so-called expires already. And he lets Triple H pin and, and doesn't ring the bell at the pedigree. Yeah. I Talk about nitpicks. <laughs> I'd give you a list of Earl Hebner classics. He is so bad. How bad is he? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was setting you up for a pun. But it's a great, it was a great way to end the match and keep both guys strong. The Rock being a heel got a lot of heat in his match. A lot match. of heat. And he kept a lot of heat on the feud going into SummerSlam. the event the next month. And then another, another thing about I miss about this time is watching the growth of superstars. Because just four months later, The Rock became the world champion. Mm-hmm. And, and became a top he well a top baby face and then a heel yeah. within that four months became an even bigger heel yeah because he did turn baby after SummerSlam mm -hmm. then that Survivor Series he turned him heel again but another thing is doing things like this but with um giving building people up through time would have worked today like that's the reason people hate Roman Reigns yeah because he got shot right to the top he didn't get that build from from level to level so I understand they like longer title reigns but. Back then, the shorter title reigns seemed to work because if you give a guy, a, like, the title would change hand probably once a month, maybe twice a month back then. <clears throat> but when you gave somebody a title run, it was basically giving them a test. If they're getting over, you keep it, keep it on them. And if you want to elevate them, you could always take it off of them and put them on a higher spot. Superstars would benefit from that nowadays. Like, it's same, like people embrace Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins more because they weren't shot right up to the main event. They were in that mid, that higher mid card. Yeah. Roman Reigns went straight to the world title after the shield was over. Yeah, that's been one of my that, biggest nitpicks. That was nitpicks. the issue. Yeah, it's been one of my biggest nitpicks for, since I started watching again is it doesn't really make any sense. I mean... Somebody like Brock Lesnar, who is like a once-in-a-generation guy, fine. Let him skyrocket right to the top because anybody I, – I mentioned this about Vince Russo last week, him saying, you know, you believed it. I said I haven't believed it was real since I was eight. But buying into the story, I can buy Brock Lesnar bypassing the Intercontinental Championship and dominating – the whole the big. WWF, <clears throat> WWE. Well, that actually did Brock right because when Brock came in, he won the two months later. He won the King of the Ring, and then that year the King of the Ring, if you won, you won it. You got a title shot at SummerSlam, and then when he he beat RVD at King of the Ring, and then he got an Intercontinental Title match at Vengeance the next month. 
I believe he got disqualified in that match. But over that month, he got built up, and then he, he he first took out the Hardys. He won King of the Ring. He took out RVD. He took out Hollywood Hogan, and then he got to The Rock. So he had a build, even though mm-hmm. he didn't win any titles. He still worked his way dominating. Up. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, Roman Reigns is not somebody worthy of that kind the, of... His first singles title is the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, yeah he, he did more. Yeah, his character isn't isn't that... What's the word I'm looking for? John Cena, the guy who's the biggest star since Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock left. Gradually worked his way up. Title, you know, the U.S. champion. I mean, he, was, he did not get put. Started right as in. a rapper, then... Yeah, so I... That, and that's one of the things I love, is the fact that we got to see The Rock and Triple H battle it out for all that time for the Intercontinental, for Intercontinental Championship. Ch- and it meant something. a year later, they're battling it out for the World Heavyweight Championship. And they had all this history. Like, they, they were in each other's way the, their whole careers, battling for the same things the whole time. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't happen like that anymore. I'm guessing this is the match that pushed it just past the jobber level for you? This is the best match on the show. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> I just did past the jobber. St- <laughs> yep. And Corey, it, what were your thoughts on this match? I thought it was a great match. Like I said, two out of three falls. I was anticipating it. I like how they did it. It was a little different. They kept it a little fresh with some run-ins, but it didn't ultimately Seven factor run-ins. the match. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. And the, the, they were both guys that were in stables that were feuding with each other. And they were the quote-unquote leaders of the stables, so there's going to have to be some kind of... Yeah, to me, that was like overbooking that made that made some sense. Like It, it did make it, sense. It played into the story. And, and it didn't cost... The title ultimately, so yeah, but it, they need to do that more often. Have time limit draws in the cruiserweight classic, they have time limit time limits. Yeah, they mentioned it this past week. That yeah, they get to the time limit, and that's it. But this they're keep, both out. Yeah, this <laughs> keeps both guys strong. Yeah, and so, so somebody doesn't have to take a loss, right? And who's to say that? And as long as they don't have Al Hebner refereeing, they can make yeah. it work. <laughs> I'm gonna give you homework, don't even watch the whole match. Go to the end of the Rock versus Kurt Angle from No Way Yet 2001. Watch The Rock yell at him because Earl Hebner doesn't count. Just watch. So you think Earl Hebner is, he is the worst as a shoot? Yes, this is okay. a fact. <laughs> He's the worst. He's worse at everything. Okay. Earl well. Hebner versus Nick Patrick. Did you see it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the next thing we had, we had Undertaker finally arriving to the arena. And now the question was, is Austin going to be in a three-on-one match now? Facing, you know, all alone up against Undertaker, Kane, and Mankind. Which is a pretty typical Austin storyline, if that were the case. And there were times where, as a fan, you were wondering the same thing. Is that what was ultimately going to happen? So they teased that a little bit. Is the Undertaker going to work with Austin? They didn't want to work with each other. They didn't like each other at all. Yeah, you're right. They did not. We had The Rock doing a promo leaving the arena, which I thought was great. Was I great. loved D'Lo. Just standing next to him as the hype man, all the head movements. Yeah, yeah I loved. Honestly, I, I didn't even really remember what The Rock said because I was so so focused on <laughs> so fixated on D-Lo. D-Lo, yeah, on Alo's Alo's cousin. Yeah, he he was perfect at what he did. Like he really was so great at what his role was. Finally, the bikini contest, Jackie against Sable. <laughs> Why did this get a video package? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, because I guess only because say they had built Sable as one of their it, biggest. It got stars. a lot of time too, for a paper, on the pay per view. Everybody between the ages of I guess twelve and up <clears throat> knew that this was an unfair fight. <laughs> I think we all knew that which way this was going. Sable comes out with the infamous 
Not an actual bikini to hand prints. But before that, she was told that she would, had to wear something tastefully by Mr. McMahon. Yeah, and what did she... Oh, she had on, like, she a... She had, like, uh, a little, like, halter top. Yeah. And she decided that she didn't care. King was so mad at the whole time. He was like... She was, was what I saw. He was so mad. Yeah, that wasn't what I saw, because he had been waiting. He saw it two hours prior. And he, he sold it. The whole paper was so mad. Yeah. But she ultimately did reveal the two handprints... Mr. McMahon has to come down. Mark Marrow, not happy. <laughs> he, I believe, he didn't he try to cover it up, and she slapped him. I yeah. think so. Yep. Then Mr. McMahon came out, put the put the jacket over, her and escorted her out. Sable being kind of the female Stone Cold Steve Austin at that time, <laughs> bucking authority. I'm glad they blurred out Jackie's nipple because we all know Ron loves black chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I assumed that that was going to happen. She was infamous mm-hmm. for the wardrobe malfunction. For the, for the nip slips. Yeah, she def, she was definitely guilty of the wardrobe malfunction long before Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I assumed it was. It was like a 95% chance. Again, very topical. We have Jackie and, you know, and then we have other people stealing stuff in the, the, in the campaign, you know. <laughs> Trump's stealing, right. stealing. I mean, it's just it's very topical. Very topical. You really did your homework. Am I reaching this. here? You, you, a little you, bit. You, but you did your homework. A little bit, but I'm not, I'll, I'll put you over for it. Well, thank you. You really tied everything together. It's the least you could in, do. In a neat, in a neat, you're right, it is. You didn't take me, <laughs> take me to battleground. You at least just put me over. You're right. So, Mark Marrow, we saw the wild man Mark Marrow during this, not happy. Um, and it was actually paid off the next night on Raw when she wore the, I don't know, I, I think they call it the Raw bikini or whatever the heck it was. She came out in a whole different one. Mm-hmm. The next night, Jackie, I think, complained that she wasn't wearing a bikini. I think she may have even ended up, quote unquote, winning the contest. Jackie was barely wearing a bikini. You're right. She was barely wearing a bikini. Well, she didn't wear it at one point. It came off. Yeah, yeah she didn't wear it for the entirety of, of the contest. That one split second. But that leads us to the main event Kane and Mankind, the tag team champions, against Austin and The Undertaker. Like I said at the top of the show, four of the all time greats all sharing the ring at once. Really, at the at the heights of all four of fighting their for the tag team titles. Yeah, fighting for the tag team titles. This was this is actually my favorite era of the Undertaker. Like this, leading into the whole ministry. Like this was when I was, I was, just young enough where I got why the Undertaker was creepy when he started, but I didn't necessarily find him scary. Now this is me in my late teens realizing like yo if I was a kid watching this character like I'd probably be really scared. have some nightmares. I was terrified. Yeah, like I probably would be really scared of him now. And this was kind of the lead up to that. Uh, I thought this was a good story like to build up what was ultimately coming the next month. And I forgot what a treat it was to watch Foley at this time. Just like such an unconventional worker. The his vocals. Um, his offense was always very unconventional. Very. The way he took bumps, like he was, he was a very unique. He played the character performer. even in the fight too. He just <clears throat> mumbling stuff and uttering to himself. Yeah, and I, I actually think Kane. It may be because he's really worn out his welcome and he's stayed maybe a little too long, but I think Kane is probably pretty underrated. Yeah, he is. He's ex- he's excellent. He was, As a big man, I mean, he's good he at was, this time. Yeah. They 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 missed the ball with him. Yeah, well, the Undertaker is known for being such a great athlete as a big man, and Kane, Kane was every bit as good. Yeah, every bit. Um, and they sold Kane as he he sat up constantly in the match, even we taking big bumps, just sit up like two seconds later. Yeah. Now Austin took a beating in this match. 
The Undertaker spent most of it as if he wanted no parts of yeah, it. Yeah, just standing in the corner. Wasn't even reaching for tags. Yeah. Uh, eventually, we get The Undertaker hot tag, The Undertaker comeback. I loved how, like, frantic the finish was to this match. Mm-hmm. With ended kind of abruptly. It ended very abruptly, but I loved Austin running across the ring and clothesline, you know, hitting the clothesline. Clothesline and mankind as yeah. uh, as Undertaker went for the pin. Yeah, I thought it was a good way to seal it. Um, I loved Undertaker taking both belts. Yeah, he grabbed both too. belts and left. And Stone Cold <laughs> just sitting in the ring. And I loved that Stone Cold was mad about it. He's like, "Bring me back, you know, bring me back my belt." But the interesting thing about that is the Smoking Skull Belt debuted the next night. Did it? Mm-hmm. I, I, did you watch the Raw after this? I did. Okay, I didn't watch it. I watched it for... Actually, I watched it just to see if the choppy choppy pee oh. happened the next night. <laughs> you were intrigued, huh? I was, because I, I, I remember You wanted to see the that. big Balboski? Yeah, and uh, the Brawl for All was going on at that time. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, I how did. bad that was. Who won? Bart Gun. I think so. Yeah, I, the a funny thing is, I think Angle might have, I don't remember, I think it was on Vince Russo's podcast, and Russo said this, Russo said it was his idea to do the Brawl for All, mm-hmm. and they said JBL talked so much trash about how he was going to beat up everybody. Yeah, I heard that. And uh-huh. I think he lost his first fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Russo said how happy he was that he got shut I think Angle said the same thing, uh-huh. like that he was happy that he got shut up. But I, I did enjoy the main event. I get why you liked the Intercontinental Championship match more. Now, actually, before I get your thoughts, what was your main reason for choosing this show? Was it the main event? Was it the time period? It was the time period. Some of the wrestlers we had and the titles that were involved. Like I said, the Intercontinental title, two out of three falls. You had four of the greatest wrestlers all all, all in one match for a title. Plus, um, you know, looking at the the breakdown for the pay per view, I knew it was where it was heading the next couple nights. So I, I thought it'd be, you know, a good pay per view to watch. Um, yeah, like I said, Plus, I, China. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I <laughs> thought it was fun. It was like a Puppies. good. Yeah, it was a good, uh, very nostalgic for me. Oh, super nostalgic. Um, again, probably more so than it was for you, Aaron, because you were Two. In second grade. Young for A-Roll. God's sake. <laughs> Uh, so what were your thoughts on the main event? This this story saved the show for me in my rating. It bumped it up to a low slobber, low slobber knocker. Because I know you listen to Russell's podcast. He has this thing where he reviews shows that he wrote mm-hmm. from the ad to yeah. era. And he, and he goes always goes through the stories. The only ones he seems to remember is the main events. So he always... So throughout the night and even on the Raws leading up, they put over our Taker and Kane Cahoots. Or is Taker with Austin? Because sometimes he will help Austin. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he will he will help Kane. Kane. So it's gonna be. And they put it on over throughout the show. Three is gonna be a three on one or a two on two. And you could tell from the from the jump that we don't know because he Taker what first when they first met up at the top of the ramp they just gave a salute to each other. Taker didn't want to tag into the match at all. And then like I said the match ended abruptly and he just took the titles. Yeah. So so you could tell it was like okay what's up? And but the thing is inter- the interesting thing about it was Taker pinned Kane. So you're still like, okay, are they in cahoots or not? Yeah. Yeah, you think that definitely, and that played out the next night on Raw as well, where Taker let Austin get attacked yeah. by Kane and Mankind. I believe they had a rematch yeah, on that and, Raw yeah, as Taker well. Yeah, Taker and Austin and Taker won. And like we said, this led into, you know, SummerSlam. SummerSlam, the big match. Highway to Hell. 
I very much remember that. I moved away to college at the time. Like, that was the first pay-per-view I watched. Talk about nostalgia. Yeah. Ayla was running around a summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> a, an eight-year-old Ayla. Uh, a, l- a little mark. <laughs> a little baby mark at that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Joe, this was your selection. Watching it back, did, did was it as good as you thought that it was going to be? Was it as good as you remembered it being? It was as good as I remember it being. I mean, I watched it. I was entertained by it. I wasn't, you know, aching through most of the pay-per-view like some people. Um, like I said, it was, it, was, it was a real throwback for me. And what was the... What was your favorite match on the show? It was it, one of the last two. I mean, it's hard to pick between the two. Yeah, the two out of three falls for the Intercontinental. I like that the Intercontinental meant so much. Like we were talking about, that's, you know, when wrestlers would build their way up to the titles. And then, again, Stone Cold. Anytime you get Stone Cold, Undertaker, Mankind, it's a great show. So it's hard to pick between the two. Yeah, it is. Uh, I I think I personally, just solely for... Or DOA. Yeah, yeah DOA. And that, tw- that, that OG Obviously. Twin Magic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're bringing back Twin Magic. Yeah, I think I probably... It is tough because, like I said, I love that Rock Triple H feud over the Intercontinental Championship, but... Just for the fact of the four guys that were in the main event, it's really cool to go back and see those four guys all still kind of in their prime. Foley kind of probably wasn't quite in his prime anymore, but he kind of still was. Yeah, he still was. And that was a lot of fun. So you, so your favorite match of the night was the main event. No, the story the, of the main the event. Sto- the st- <clears throat> my favorite match was the Intercontinental Title match, of course. But um, the story saved the show for me of the hook, and they put it over throughout the whole night and put it over in that SummerSlam match because the SummerSlam match is Taker and Austin for the WWE title. So right. they put that over, and that story is like, okay, are they in cahoots? And then I know that the next night on Raw, they defended the tag titles and t- Taker did show up and they retained the titles. So that st- the ongoing story saved that show for me. I think I might have called the hotline after this pay-per-view. <laughs> Do you remember what they said to you? No, I don't. I, I, I remember calling... They just threw three dollars out the window. Yeah, I remember just calling after the main event. You remember yeah. your charges? Uh, through the roof. How much had you had to drink by that point? Quite a few. Quite a few. Where were you watching it? Um, I believe it was at my parents' house. I had a, okay. at least a dozen beers. All right. So it makes sense. You Stone cold brews. Yeah. Um, well, I had my Capri Suns. While I was watching, crushing, crushing some sons. Just crushing Capri, Capri Suns. Crushing, Capri Suns. crushing sons. I loved Capri Sun. It wasn't always easy getting that straw. Oh, it was the, the worst. It was the worst. I always got squirted a little bit with it when I was trying to get the straw. It was the worst. Got a little, little, little leak. Yeah, my my worst Capri Sun moment was couldn't get it in like through the top. Yeah, yeah, go go through the and back. And I, of I it. jammed it as hard as I could and actually punctured Went the, bottom the bottom and it all spilled out <laughs> in my life. Madness must have struck them. But that, that's a story, yeah. That was a, a very young madness. That's probably a second grade madness. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was every bit as mad as, you know, adult madness. Um, before I get to my selection for next month, which is an August pay-per-view, Alo has an announcement about our September selection. We're trying to get a little bit of a head start on it. Yeah, so for September, none of us have the option of picking a throwback madness. You, the fans, do. So on Facebook and Instagram, I'm going to be posting a list of pay-per-views you can pick. Remember, it has to be in September so we can review it. So some particular shows you could have are Breakdown 98, although do not pick that because it's horrible. (laughs) You can pick from Unforgettable. Pick it. (laughs) You can pick from some pay-per-views like Unforgiven 1999 up to 2008. 
you have there's a breaking point 2009 and currently Night of Champions from 2010 to 2015. So remember, it has to be from September and it will be on the Facebook page, Matt Madness. It will be a post, just comment under there. And on Instagram, it's already there. So just leave your comment and we'll choose randomly after, well, as we review the, Summer, the SummerSlam pick by Pashy Baby. All right. So with that being said, there has been much speculation about what my pick would be. The dirt sheets have been... I know, know Alo has been waiting for me to make this pick. And I know there is a show he would like me to pick. And that is the show I am going to pick because I think it is a perfect piggyback off of the show we just did. We just talked about how Fully Loaded 98 really led into, it was the makings of SummerSlam 98, Highway to Hell, New York City, Madison Square Garden, so there it is. SummerSlam 1998, Highway to Hell, Austin and The Undertaker, ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship match between The Rock and Triple H. Fun. From From what I remember, I haven't watched that show Probably in at least ten years, so I'm really looking forward to watching it again. I get to get, get to continue with the storyline. Yes. You know? that's, yeah, we, that's we the most get, exciting the part. Continuity. I get the payoff. So hopefully that you guys will enjoy that a little more. We can follow the continuity on to the following month. Alo, I hope that makes your night, bro. I, I just can't wait to come back next. Time. <laughs> <laughs> but I was over to '98. I was hoping you picked '02. Oh really? I was hoping. <laughs> oh, I thought about that. That was my second choice. That was an excellent show. Next year we'll do SummerSlam yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Next year. Next year. Yeah, yeah. Next August. It'll, it'll be here before you know it. Yes. So that was our review, our throwback madness for Fully Loaded '98. Throwback selected, for what? Uh, yeah, selected by Mr. Sexy Punakana Joe Rodermill. Hello, ladies. <laughs> broken, <laughs> broken down by myself, Ron Pashery, by Alo Aaron Lloyd. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and we will be back with Throwdown Mad, Throwback Madness. Throwdown. <laughs> Throwdown. Throwback Throwback we'll Madness. We're transitioning our names. Next no month with SummerSlam 1998. We will see you <coughs> next month. And don't forget to make your picks for September. Take care. Peace.